What's up, everyone? It's time for another episode of the Frarian Smith Podcast. Louisiana and Southern Miss will take the field tonight in front of a national television audience in the final midweek mania game of the Sunbelt football season. On today's episode, we'll talk about life without Zeon Chris for Louisiana. We'll touch on Southern Miss's offensive revitalization and make our predictions for tonight's Sunbelt West Division showdown. We can't wait to continue our midweek mania series. We hope you'll enjoy it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Final midweek manias game of the year. Caden, Louisiana versus Southern Miss. This game airing on ESPNU, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central. We've got Courtney Lyle and Hudson Mason on the call for another Sunbelt midweek mania game this year. Caden, last midweek mania game of the season. It's hard to believe we've only got three weeks left in the regular season. But let's, as we look at this matchup, let's assess both of these teams. Why don't we start with Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, their second season under Michael Desermo. They're five and four, a chance to become bowl eligible tonight. They've got the best rushing attack in the conference, underrated defense. Caden, what's your letter grade for them this year? And what do you want to see from them down the stretch? Yeah, Louisiana, I think personally, was just one of the biggest surprises, I think, of the season, just from our offseason conversations with Coach Dez and other people around the program. It almost seemed like this was going to be a year where this team was kind of rebuilding. They had some younger talent that they were kind of getting into the fold and putting into the fold last season, especially late. And then this year, it seemed like this was a kind of another opportunity for those younger players to get going, especially when you looked at what they lost in the transfer portal, specifically defensively. Them last season, especially not having that run game they could rely on was very uncharacteristic of them. I think when you look at them this season, I have to give them at least an A minus. I think if we could save the A's and the A pluses for the Troys and the James Massons in the world, I think this team being five and four might not warrant an A minus grade that people not, might not agree with. But I think when you look at what they've been able to do this season, especially in conference competition, all of their games are close. They only lost to Old Dominion by a touchdown, which is looking a lot better as Old Dominion keeps going. Only lost to Georgia State by three scores three points rather. And then they have impressive wins over Texas State, South Alabama. I think all season they've been super competitive. I think they've been growing in front of our eyes as far as their personnel. And it really has me feeling great about them next season as far as what they'll be able to do. And I think I'll be even more bullish on this team next year, just given what they've shown. I think in the past, we've been worried about if they were going to uphold and kind of be able to still live up to those championship expectations we saw, especially in the 2019 season. And I think a lot of that was in question in 2021, but now looking this year, just looking at the foundation of what they have, the skill they have, what they've been able to get out of their guys and just the job on all three phases of the game, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, I really think it's been a good year for this team. Giving them an A- minus feels solid. Obviously, you hate the Zeon Chris injury, but the fact that they had a quarterback in the wings who wasn't even supposed to play this year that was able to come and step up to the plate and win this team's football games, I think an A- minus is a solid grade. And I think now looking forward into next season, they have every reason to feel optimistic that they can maintain that grade and then maybe even build on it and improve when we look at the 2023 year coming up. Yeah, Caden, I don't disagree with you. I think an A- minus is a bit high for me for Louisiana. I think I would probably fall in more of that B, B-plus type of range. I think a, a loss like to, that they had to Arkansas State uh, maybe drops them down a little bit, but I, I think we're in the same general range. It's definitely been a much improved year for the Raging Cajuns. Let's talk Golden Eagles, though, Caden. Will Hall's third season. They were in a bowl game last year, 2-7 and seven entering play tonight. It's been really a lost season in Hattiesburg. There has been some signs of a potential turnaround here late in the season. What's your grade for them, and, and what do they need to do to finish strong? 
Yeah, my A minus might have might have feel a little bit high, and I think some of that might have been just given the expectations I have for this team. But I think as far as expectations for Southern Miss and what we got out of Southern Miss this year, I mean, you you have to give them an F. It's great that we saw them get their first win in conference play last week in a in a in a not really a battle, but one of their best well played games of the season against Louisiana Monroe. But I mean, having seven straight losses before that and only having only non-conference win of the season being in that first week against Alcorn State. Just a tough look for this team. I remember all offseason when it came to when we were talking about Southern Miss, quarterback away was being preached to us. We were apparently sleeping on this team last season from what we saw. A lot of their fan base were giving us some flack on social media for not giving them their rightful respect. And then this offseason, I feel like we were a little bit higher on Southern Miss given what they showed us last season. But I think a lot of that fan base and a lot of that hype has definitely gotten a little bit quiet as they've gone on just this very disappointing run of games where we finally have seen them turn things around. I think we could maybe see that failing grade get turned around a little bit late in the season. I think last week was definitely a sign of promise for them. I mean, the Louisiana Monroe team that they beat, let's just call it what it is, is not the best team in the conference. Could <laughs> Has been the bottom of our power rankings along with Southern Miss the rest of the year. So I don't think the Golden Eagles should be patting themselves on the back that much for that. But I think moving forward, their their credit has to be given to their head coach for for making that switch of the offensive coordinator spot. You have to give a shout out to Jordy Joseph and Sam Gregg for showing promise against that App State game that could have very well been a win for them and showing promise last week in that win over ULM. I think they could have the potential to maybe get that failing grade to more of a, a D, a D, a D plus, depending on how they finish this season. But I mean, when you look at the rest of their schedule, this is going to be their best shot at getting a win in this game. They play Ole Miss and Troy to finish the season. So even if they do have some some positive momentum in this month of November, it's going to be very hard for them to keep that going. So I think for the rest of the season, you just want to see them continue to tap into what's been working for them the last two weeks. It might not really get the results they want, but hopefully they can just still show that competitive edge we saw last year and some more of that offensive and defensive success working cohesively in the month of November. Yeah, Caden, to your point, our Twitter mentions have definitely been a little bit quieter from the state of Mississippi during this season, but I would have to agree with you. I think the only fair grade is an F. I mean, maybe you could give them a D minus here if you're if you're being kind, but uh, this has not been a good season for Southern Miss. Again, some spots here at the end of the year that, Maybe if you have some success, that letter grade can climb, but uh, not a great season for the Golden Eagles, but you have to hope that maybe things will change in the offseason. They bring some more players in, and this is a team that can uh, have a quick turnaround again heading into that 2024 season. Cannon, the big storyline ahead of tonight's game, the loss of Zion Chris. He sustains a broken fibula in last week's loss to Arkansas State. In my opinion, he was the odds-on favorite and might still be for Sunbelt Conference freshman of the year before the injury. He's responsible for 17 touchdowns, over 1,700 total yards in his eight games this year. Without him, Cato, what does UL's offense look like and what did they need to do to be successful sans Zeon Chris? Yeah, obviously a tough loss. I think we were very much rooting for Zeon on this podcast and just watching his story as a guy who when coming into the season, talking to Coach Desermo was saying this is could be a guy who's reminiscent of a Levi Lewis, who is a player that led this team to championships in the past. This might not be his moment, but in the future, he might be that quarterback. And seeing him inserted into this role and being successful in this role was just awesome to watch. And having him getting taken away from that role now is, is just as painful as it was enjoyable to watch him play. So I think moving forward with this UL offense, first and foremost, they just have to reestablish the run game. 
They were leading the conference in rushing yards per game before their disappointing performance last week. Now Texas State is ahead of them, but they're still averaging 197 yards on the game. They just had 64 yards on the ground last week, and I think that was a reason why we saw them playing from behind for a majority of that game, and that's why they ultimately lost because they weren't able to establish that run game. And I think now that Chandler Fields is stepping into the fold and taking center stage for this offense, you're going to need that run game to be there even more than it was before. Zion Chris was a guy who was contributing to the run game whether it was picking up first downs, whether it was getting touchdowns with his, with his legs, making people miss in space and finding that space with his legs. That was a huge part of what this team was doing. They were already having a great rushing year, but Zion made them double down on, on that being their identity. So now when Chandler Fields enters into the role being under center for this game, he's an experienced guy. This is his fifth year with the team. I even think you could say that he has a little bit more of the quarterback edge over a guy like Billy Wiles, just given his experience and how much more successful in winning football he's just quietly played in his college career. But I think when you look at this offense, they're going to have to do him a favor. As far as Chandler Fields go, he's not a guy who can use his legs a ton and have that element into his game. So he's going to need to help from his running game. And I think the more that that can help him, the more it can make his job easier, take a load off of his shoulders. And I just, it is definitely something I worry about. I think when you look at this system, even when we were talking last season about should Chandler Fields or Ben Wooldridge be starting? I always favored Wooldridge just because he had that element with his legs. And I just feel like historically, when you look at this offense, the mobility of the quarterback position with the system just serves the offense a lot better. So hopefully they can run the rock in this game. So Chandler Fields is a little bit easier of the time and can keep the chains moving reminiscent of when Zeon Chris was under center for them. Caden, fortunately for Louisiana, you could probably make the argument that Chandler Fields is the best third-string quarterback in America. He at least is the most experienced third-string quarterback in America, definitely expecting to see a drop off, but maybe not as stark as some people are expecting. Caden Southern misses offense is obviously the low hanging fruit this year when you talk about their struggles as a team, but defense has taken a huge step back as well. They allowed 23.5 points per game last year. They led the Sun Belt in sacks. This year, they're giving up 36 points a game. That's 12 more points per game than a year ago. What steps do they need to start taking to get back to maybe resembling that unit that had so much success last year? Yeah, this unit is definitely far from that nasty bunch unit we saw last year. That was really kind of the foundation of the success of this team, along with their run game headlined by Frank Gore Jr. But this year, they've just looked like an absolute shell of themselves. This is a team that was excellent at getting after the quarterback last year, excellent up front at stopping the run. And this year, they just haven't looked like themselves. And you could attribute a lot of it to their struggles and injuries they've had on the back end and the secondary and that kind of trickling down to the rest of their defense but they need to do what they would um arkansas state was able to do last week against louisiana if they want to have success in this game and that stopped the run we mentioned that they held them under a hundred yards in that game and i think that's just an area where this southern miss team has really struggled this year only app state has given up more rushing yards per game in the conference this year at 185 a game they did a great job of it last week do not get me wrong against ulm they held them to 73 yards on the ground held them to under 200 yards in the air as well and i think Despite that being against an opponent that's not necessarily known for their potent offensive attack, I think it was great to see that just for a confidence boost for this defense. They clearly know that the attention has been on them as far as giving up a ton of points and not being able to live up to those expectations we saw last week. But I think just riding that confidence you saw from last week, that energy, that intensity, that effort we saw against ULM will be a key for this Southern Miss team now in this matchup. They definitely have a completely different animal they're dealing with now. The quarterback position is a lot more solid. We know UL has that stable of running backs. They're going to have to slow down. So I'm not going to say they're going to be able to get that success, but 
they did a really good job last week of generating turnovers. They had four turnovers. Say Frank gets Frank's gets an interception, and that's a guy heading into the season. We were talking about making a difference as an offensive player, as a receiver. He's a guy who's had to transfer into that role as a defensive back. So just guys like that who might be new on this defense, as far as it being an impactful defense, who weren't on that nasty bunch unit from last week from last year. Hopefully, they can use last week as a as a boost from experience, be able to stop that run, and hopefully get things going in this game. Caden, we've mentioned the run game enough on this episode already, so let's just talk about it. It's going to be critical, I think, in this matchup. Until last week, Louisiana, as you mentioned, had the best rushing offense in the conference. Southern Miss's run game has moved up to sixth after back-to-back 200-plus yard rushing performances. Let's talk Southern Miss first. Frank Gore Jr. has started to look like himself again, 378 yards in his last two games. He had 247 against App State two weeks ago. Caden, it's safe to say that this unit has benefited from that change at play caller. What, in your opinion, have they been doing differently? Yeah, no, they've just been doing a great job of getting Frank in space better than they were before. And obviously being better in the past game helps as well to open things up for Frank. I think going into the season, everyone kind of had Frank Gore Jr. circled as who they needed to stop in when you do have deficiencies at the quarterback position and you aren't getting the ball to receivers at the way you want to, you can really focus on Frank, lock in on Frank, and be able to load up the box. We even saw a guy like Rodriguez Clark getting more touches than him at a certain point during the season just because of the way their games were going. But seeing Frank have two of those kind of iconic back-to-back performances week after week, having 131 yards last week and then running for 247 against App State is great to see. And you'd love to see him continue to build up that momentum this year, especially or to end the season rather, especially just given their opponents. If he can keep ripping off monster performances like this against the Troys and Ole Misses of the world after this game, I think it would just be huge for this team moving forward as far as what they can map out going forward next season. But yeah, it's just been getting this guy with the ball better in space. I think they've just been more just done a better job with the variety as far as the run game as well. You've seen them use freshman quarterback Ethan Crawford in his own package with some designed runs. You see them handing the ball off to Jacarius Kasten for touchdowns. They've just been getting their playmakers the ball more creatively, and I think Frank Gore Jr. has been a big benefactor of that, and I think moving forward in this matchup, they're going to have to continue to do that because they're facing a UL team that's used to playing a great run game every single day in practice. They've they've seen the best of the best week in and week out, so hopefully Frank Gore Jr. in this unit can just continue to give the defensive front some different looks, some different things to keep them off-center so they can continue to move the ball, get that chunk yardage, and see this offense perform like it has been the past two weeks. Frank Gore, definitely a fascinating storyline in these final three games of the season. Are these the final three games that he will play in a Southern Miss uniform? Certainly that is TBD at this point. Kane, Louisiana, four standouts uh, in that run game. We spoke to Jacob Cabote on yesterday's episode. If you're a Raging Cajuns fan, definitely would suggest going back and giving that episode a listen. They've also got Zylan Perry. They've got Draylon Washington until, you know, last week you had Zeon Chris as well, who has been outstanding. Kane, they hit you with thunder and lightning. What's made this UL run game so effective this year? Well, Jacob Cabote told us best. It's those guys up front. You have to give a shout out to their offensive line. That UL defense offensive front has always been prolific at getting downhill, getting to that second level to linebackers and getting their running backs in space and able to make some magic happen. Last year, they took a huge step back. We did not anticipate seeing them. And that was really, quite frankly, their worst season rushing the ball that we've seen in quite some time. Chris Smith didn't have the year we quite expected. And that team as a whole and that team as an offense really didn't have the year we expected just based on what we've seen in the past and the standard they have as far as running the ball. But it is great to see 
this team getting back to that this year. They're back to having a stable of running backs that can hit you with a lot of different things. Jacob prides himself in being a big back, but a guy that is an all-purpose guy who can get it all done, whether it's with his speed, with his power in the past game as well. Very reminiscent of a guy on Elijah Mitchell we saw in the past that played for Louisiana, a guy that I know I hated tackling. But you have Draylon Washington as well. You have Zylan Perry, who's probably the fastest of the bunch. You have a bunch of different running backs who can get the job done in the run game a lot of different ways. You really hate to see Zion Chris be gone in this one just because he was the guy who was kind of the the, the end-all be-all as far as if none of your three running backs can go, you kind of have this quarterback and you can design him and get him set up for runs in a way you can't get the other set up. That was kind of a fail-safe, safe, a, a break-in-case-of-emergency glass kind of guy to where you can kind of unleash that on the defense and keep them on their toes. But they have three great backs who can all get the job done in a lot of different ways. Just very curious to see which one can make an impact on this game. We've seen some speed really kind of get the best of this Louisiana, um, the Southern Miss defense rather. So maybe Zylan Perry can get a few touches in this game and make some magic happen. But when you have that many good backs, it's just about which one can kind of pr- produce for you, which one is going to have the breakout game. It's been Kadobi more often than not. But I think coming off of last week when this unit especially had a disappointing performance, I would look for all three of these running backs in the run game, trying to do their best to help Chandler Fields in this one and all try to make an impact with, the, with their touches in this matchup. Yeah, and I think the other element, too, is with Chris out, there's probably more touches up for grab. I can't imagine that they're going to throw the ball a ton, so there are more touches up for grabs heading into this game. Okay, let's talk X-Factors a little bit. Louisiana, who's your X-Factor there? Yeah, my X-Factor for this game, I've been going very, very heavy, I feel like, on my X-Factors with a defensive player, so I'm going to go to the offensive side of the ball and go with Peter LeBlanc in this one. He's the most experienced wide receiver for this Louisiana team. He's their leading receiver, and I think when you have a new quarterback coming into the fold as far as Chandler Fields and having him be comfortable, this is going to be the guy he's going to be able to rely on. This game really at large isn't one that's going to be highlighted by elite pass catchers. When you just look at the lists of receptions and yards this year in the conference, Jacarius Casting comes in at 19th with 460 yards in this game. LeBlanc's right behind him a little bit, but I think when you look at this game, it's definitely going to be all about the run. It's definitely going to be all about the box. But when you have a new quarterback coming in, getting his first start of this season, despite him being experienced in the past, you're going to want to have to have a reliable target to get you going. And I think this is going to be a game where Peter LeBlanc gets a lot of touches. We saw him get some good chemistry with Zion Chris earlier in the season. And I think specifically last game, he had a breakout game with 129 yards. And I expect that that's going to be the well in the past game that they're going to keep going to just given his reliability throughout his long career in Louisiana. So give me Peter LeBlanc out wide. Yeah, I love that pick because honestly, we've talked about some of the deficiencies, particular quarterback for Southern Miss this year. Maybe LeBlanc has a big game. Caden, for me, Southern Miss, it was Jay Stanley. He had his first interception versus App State back in that win a couple of weeks ago. He had two in week one versus Alcorn State. He was one of the best in the Sun Belt last year with four. This secondary, it's been depleted, but Jan- Chandler Fields is the most, isn't the most noteworthy threat. Six interceptions in his last 11 games, two in three games this year. I think Jay Stanley, look for him to get his hands on a football and perhaps provide a big game-changing type of play in this one. Okay, let's move to picks. Louisiana, a 10-point favorite over under sitting at 52 and a half. I'm going to go first here. I know you weren't born till 1998, but if you look back to 1994, the year I was born, Southern Miss has won 10 straight in this series. Only two meetings since 2016, Southern Miss 2-0, but neither of those games have been at Cajun Field. I've been impressed with Southern Miss's offense lately, 62 points in the last two games with this new offensive coordinator, the defense. Is coming off that big performance against ULM. Without Zeon Chris, I think there's a real path here for Southern Miss to win this game. I am taking Southern Miss to cover, thanks to another big game from Frank Gore, but I've got Louisiana winning 
at Cajun Field where they're 28 and 5 since 2018 at home. I think we're going to hit the under at 52 and a half. Yeah, I agree with the under. I think this is going to be a low scoring affair where both defenses show up at in prime time at night on television. And I think the running game is definitely going to be key. I think both of these teams are going to try to run for over 200 yards this game. And I do think that the experience of Chandler Fields and just the pedigree and what we've seen from this Louisiana team will prevail. I think that Southern Miss can keep this game close just given their history of what we've seen lately. But I just think as far as the running game, as far as the defense, as far as just the, the iconic wins we've really seen this season from Louisiana compared to what Southern Miss has done this year, just can't pick Southern Miss to win this game. So I think Louisiana is going to win. I, I'm really on the fence about if they cover or not. I think I'm not going to overreact to what we saw last week against the Louisiana Monroe team that I think we we know that they're not the best team in the conference. And I think the fact that Southern Miss was able to operate and be successful in that game is great. But I think they're still facing a different animal in this Louisiana team regarding them and what they've been able to do and what they've been capable of this season. So let me let me get Louisiana to win. I'll give them I'll take them covering at night at home because they've been very good at home this year. But I'll take the under on the points. I think it's going to be a slugfest for sure. That's it for this episode. We really appreciate you joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, here's one thing you can do for us. Share this show with one, maybe two of your friends. Help us help you by continuing to grow this podcast into the premier destination for Sunbelt football fans. We hope everyone enjoys tonight's game. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.